The 514th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up today using promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash dog to enter our bonus contest. Five winners will receive shirts, hats, and a $50 SGPN gift card. And we're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. Start making smarter bets today. Heidi Ho DeGenerinos, welcome to episode 514 of the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. This one's going out to Richard Lewis, RIP Richard Lewis from Curb Your Enthusiasm and other great shows and comedy. Thank you for coming to the show. We shall supply some comedy, hopefully. Not with our picks, maybe with our banter. Uh, we do have a pretty funny fight card coming up this week, and we're going to be covering uh, UFC Fight Night, Rosenstrike versus Gaziev. I'm one half of the duo breaking it down. Jeff Chalks, Fox, and boys. It's a chalky card. We'll, have to, we'll see if I get talked into some underdogs or not. Um, I know my co-host is in on at least a couple of dogs, probably more, because he is uh, he's wild like that. Um, he would be not the lock dog. We'll talk about the lock dog <laughs> soon enough, but he would be the one and only Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello. I'm not sure I'm on much more than two or three of them. Yeah, uh, it's... There's actually... I'm going to say there are two picks. Uh, I don't know if they're even on this episode. They might be on next. This is a hard card to know where fights are because all of them feel like prelims. Yeah. <laughs> um, not that you can't win money on prelims, but all of them feel like prelims. And there's, so there's a couple of fights on this card where uh, I might flip-flop by the time the fight happens. Uh, it's one of those, especially because this fight card is, the odds lines are so wide on it, right? Like there is... I, I think there's like two fights with odds that I would deem close. And it's the first in the last fight of the night. Right. And that's it. Everything else is like big, fat, chalky lines. So, you know, I, I think it's hard to find value in those, but there are a couple of fights where I'm like, I, I, I do lean towards the person who's like a negative 400 or negative 500 favorite. And there's just enough juice in that fight where I, I think a little bit about the underdog. So there's been two fights where I've been flipping and flopping on that. We'll have to see where I'm at by the time we get to talking about it. Big fat chalky lines. That, that's our, that's our title. And it reminds me of someone we, we were talking about off the air as well. So we won't mention that person though, but <laughs> I thought you were going to say that's your new lines. nickname. Big, big, it could fat, be chalky big lines. fat chalky lines. <laughs> the problem, not only are these lines, big, fat and chalky, they've gotten worse since I, they get wider. Yeah, they got going, wider since the past two days. I think. I think it was Monday. I have did to be putting yeah. people have to be putting in just like a parlay with all these super favorites. Maybe. And uh, I'm I'll spend a lot of the time over the next couple of episodes talking about why certain ones of them are definitely parlay busters because there's a few of them in here that are definitely parlay busters. Yeah, one. I think one line out of how many fights we got? Eleven fights. I think one line went in my way. Um, <laughs> one one favorite went in my way and it was it's still like minus 800 <laughs> so it's not yeah, really that good it's not that's not good <laughs> uh, yeah there's a lot of like why it first of all it's a better fight card than than we originally gave it credit for it's um as as we discovered when we were previewing it uh on the last episode it's you know or two episodes ago it's it's a bit better than, than we we uh we anticipated but yeah it's still uh, a lot of squash matches if we trust 
the bookmakers, and usually they are right. Um, as for thinking, though, oh, um, we're gonna have to have a bunch of dogs are gonna go through, or a bunch of favorites gonna come through to to get the odds uh, or to get the uh, the average back to, to where it is. We are right at sixty-seven percent this year for favorites coming through, which is the lifetime average since I started tracking what four years ago. So we uh, don't be counting on a whole bunch of dogs or a whole bunch of favorites. You know, just treat this like a normal fight card. I guess I never really play make picks that way anyhow i'm not one of those oh it's these guys uh, i'm regressed oh, to the mean yes yeah, regressed to the mean these guys owe us rounds that type of thinking <laughs> yeah not, not the always yeah. rounds types big fat chalky lines all right um let's just jump into it shall we yeah shall I'm, we? do, I'm, have, do we have ready. any news we should any, anything i don't think anything exciting has happened no, over let's the past. get to talking about this banger of a prelim <laughs> sure. actually the first fight is the best fight on the night so let's, well, let's talk about go. that all right we are going to talk about UC Fight Night Rosenstrike versus Gaziev. It is coming down, going down this Saturday, March the second, one thirty p.m. Eastern. Are the prelims four p.m. Eastern? Are is the main card? So that's positive, right? Yeah, I love, it over with. love an early, <laughs> I love an early fight card. Yeah, um, it's not on TV in Canada, so that's how bad it is. Um, <laughs> some some of these cards don't they don't show here, so I'll have to stream it. But for the rest of you people or at least you people in the united states of america is on espn plus uh just today uh we would be just doing the prelims we got what how many prelims six, six. one two three four five six pre this ricky tercios fight which was this weekend instead of last is it's not happening um a couple other fights ha have fallen out um but we've got replacements for most of them uh julia polastri was supposed to fight one of our favorites josephine newtson that one did fall out newtson withdrew and i think has she been rebooked or polastri's been rebooked i think someone yeah. has happened yeah, i think there were two fighters uh on like consecutive weekends i, I can't remember who polastri is now fighting but the, whoever she was supposed to fight is fight was supposed to fight the weekend after the weekend after that yeah. And uh, both their opponents dropped off, and now they squared them both up, I believe, on that Atlantic City card, but I could be wrong about that. Okay. And what happened to our girl, Josephine? I haven't heard anything you know? on that okay. front. Um, you know, I, I saw some some training video of her right before she pulled out, um, but I didn't see anything after that. So I'm guessing probably training injury is the easiest way to guess. Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't. It was sort of early enough that you know it wasn't a visa issue, and, and there's not usually visa issues from from sweden all that often anyway no. so um no. that's not one of the countries we give issues to so uh no. yeah no i'm i'm assuming it's that palestri will be fighting stephanie luciano yeah. uh, on march 23rd as as gumby uh he didn't have the name but but he had the situation correct um muhammad yaya brendan Murat, murati was we're supposed to fight that that uh bout fell off um but the other fights that have fallen off, the fighters have gotten replacement fighters, so at least one half of them will be fighting. All right, brings us to our opener, which this fight was scheduled all along. It's a lightweight fight. Gumby says it's the best fight on the fight card. We'll see. Uh, Loik Razhabov, the Tajik tank from Tajikistan, uh, versus Abdul Karim Al Sawadi, the pride of Palestine from, you guessed it, Palestine. And a uh, very good guest on Gumby's podcast this past week, the Top Turtle MMA podcast. He he was on before, right? Yeah, I, I had him on uh, right before he fought George Hardwick. Um, okay. Yeah, and actually, I believe after he fought George Hardwick too, like right after it, because I needed a, a guest from right after that. So yeah, I've had him on a couple of times. Great, great cool. guest. 
And that is the opener, right? Because like like I said, like yes. you said off top, the bell order is all over the place. Yep, that, that seems to be the all opener. Right. All right, yeah, because uh, Tapology, the UFC.com, Wikipedia, they all were having different stuff, but we're going to go with okay. that one first. Doesn't make a difference really to you people. You're going to watch all of them anyhow. All right, we're going to tell you about Raz Habab first, the Tajik Tank. 17, 5, and 1, 7 knockouts, 5 submissions. He's been knocked out once, so he's very durable. So he owes us some finishes or getting finished, I guess. A uh, 1 and 1 in the UFC. He got knocked out in his last fight. There you go. That's what we're talking about. Finishes. Missed weight in that fight as well. Uh, he went 4, 4, and 1 in PFL. How's this for bad luck? 19, 2019, and 2021, the finalist. He was so close to a million bucks, did not get it. Now he's making probably 14,000. <laughs> to show uh 12 14,000 to show in the UFC so um he however he has multiple regional championships on his mantle correct get the shirt sports gambling pockets.com slash store used to fight at waterweight 2012 pro MMA debut three inches taller than El Sawality he's been outstruck in the UFC by 2.7 strikes per minute that's that'll get you knocked out or at least beat better grappling stats than El Sawality based off of Sawati's one fight and he's at plus 150 the pride of Palestine El Sawati who wants to have a big uh, barbecue after he wins, right? His, Win barbecue, his barbecue skills are incredible. He's like one of those uh, competitive barbecue people. Oh, yeah? Uh, I think yeah, you talked yeah, about yeah. that last time he was on, yeah. Yeah, he, he like competes in barbecue stuff after <laughs> and in between fights, uh, nice. which like, I mean, I guess at least that's like a lean way of like splurging. Right. I'm, I'm talking to a PFL fighter who talks about how he, all he wants is burgers all the time. So Yeah, uh, not as yeah it's not, not as good. <laughs> yep. Well, there you go. Hopefully... Um, if you're friends with him, he'll invite you to, to the barbecue after he wins, if he wins here. He's 15-3, and three, Mr. L. So, so Wadi, uh, eight knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out three times, so he's been finished by knockout in all his losses. This is his UFC debut, 1-0 on Contender Series. He's won five straight fights. He's not lost since November 2019. He has multiple reach championships on his mantle. Correct, get the shirt, sportsgamingpodcast.com slash store. A couple more of those coming up. Uh, used to fight down at featherweights. So we got a former featherweight versus a former welterweight here. 2012 pro made debut for him as well. So these are a couple veterans. Uh, 2-0 as a pro grappler. Five years younger than Raz Habav. Better striking stats. More active landing strikes. But that's based off of one fight that he's had uh, that we have stats for. Uh, he outstruck his uh, contender series opponent, George Harwick, by one strike per minute. Minus 166. Gumby, I am a gracious host, so I let you go first. I'm going to go with Abdul Karim El Zawadi. You know, like, first of all, if we're talking about the striking aspect of this this fight, you know, being able to stay away from the big shots of George Hardwick is enough for me to to pencil you in as being an, a pretty damn good striker. If we're being that's honest. an improvement for him too, because he used to get hit a lot in his older fights. I did film it, tape. Yeah, yeah. Back, I, are are you looking at the Brave fights when he was fighting? Yes. Brave? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so after he fought for Brave, he fought for was it LFA or Fury? It was one of those uh, right. southern southern regional promotions. Um, but he he looked cleaned up after that, right? Like he yep. looked like he he fixed a lot of things in between there and Brave. Um, and the, but the thing about him is like he's really strong on the takedown defense because he is you know he's like a little muscle. You know, that's the thing. Is yeah. He's, He's a little guy, yeah. Yeah, he's 155 pounds, but he's a short guy, and he's really physically strong. And I think Radzaboff, I, I think we saw what happens to him on the feet when he can't score his own takedowns, right? He fought Matthews at Rembecki, uh, or Rabisti, or however the hell we're supposed the to feet, say that. Yeah, Rabisti sounds better, yeah. yeah. And uh, Rabisti, you know, first of all, great wrestler, just stuffed anything he came his way and was a better striker than him. 
And the thing is, is Abdul Kareem El Sawadi can pick apart George Hardwick. And that's what he did. He picked apart George Hardwick, put a pace on him he couldn't keep up with. I don't think Loic Radzaboff could do any better on the feet. Radzaboff's only path to victory for me here is to take him down and take him down repeatedly. And even if he takes him down, I don't think he can keep him down. So, yeah, I think Sawadi rolls here. Um, I like the line a little bit better when it was closer to a pick uh, because this yep. is one that's kind of gone in the wrong direction for us. But I, I think El Sawadi uh, outpoints him on the feet here pretty easily. Yep, I like him as well. I was concerned about, like I said, about him getting hit a lot, but um, he has improved that, it seems. He has, uh, obviously, he's pretty relentless with takedowns and runs Radzhab, Radzhabov uh, seems not with the takedowns, sorry, with the take, uh, stopping the takedowns. Radzhabov seems to get tired in fights as well, which could be an issue. Yeah. Um, yeah, so El Sawadi is the pick here. You know what else is the pick? Underdog Fantasy, of course, is the pick. Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. All you got to do is pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game, tonight's game, any game. And you, you can win big. How big? You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. I'm um, always on, Gumby and I are always on Underdog Fantasy because we write daily Underdog NBA articles and then during baseball season, Underdog MLB articles. So um, we definitely give it our thumbs up to Underdog Fantasy. Um, here's what you got to do sign up today with promo code SGPN. Actually, make that MMA SGPN. Okay. The other, the other uh, shows are getting more signups than we are. So. Let's go MMA as GPN and get your first deposit doubled up to hundred bucks as well as an instant pick em special. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with my promo code MMA as GPN, my name gummies uh, to get your first deposit doubled up to hundred bucks as well as an instant pick em special. You must be 18 or older and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concern with your play call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.nc p gambling.org and if that's not enough sgpn is teaming up with underdog to give you even more of a bonus sign up between now and the end of the month and five winners will receive underdog hat underdog shirt and 50 a 50 sgpn gift card so you can get cool clothes like gumby and i wear sign up today use promo code sgpn mma sgpn i did it again mma sgpn no wonder we don't get any signups gumby and then go to sportsgumbypockets.com slash dog dog don't spell it fancy just dog to enter the contest for your chance to win. All right. Here is one of our makeshift fights just got put together. It is Bantamweight's three five-minute rounds. Vinicius Oliveira. You may know him as another name, but he's from Brazil. Versus Bernardo Sopai. Is it Sopai? I think it's Sopai. Yes. He is from Sweden. Uh, we were just talking about Swedish fighters. Um, Sopai is the Lion King. 11-2. Seven knockouts. Three submissions. Never been finished in a fight. This is a short-notice debut. Very... Short notice. We just found out about this fight on Monday night, I think. Is that yeah. sound right to you? Yeah, yeah. Monday night. Um, he's won three straight and five of six. All three of his past three wins have come via finish. He's not lost since March of 2021. He's got multiple major championships on his mantle. Correct. Get the shirt. Sportsgamingpodcast.com slash store. He used to fight down at flyweight. Five years younger than Oliveira. Plus 104. Oliveira, of course, is our favorite. Lock dog. L-O-K-D-O-G. He is the lock dog this week. I hope someone comes and asks in the Discord because we have an answer. Uh, he's 19 and 3, 15 knockouts, two submissions. Been knocked out three times, so he's been finishing all of his losses. This is his debut. One in all contender series. He's won two straight and eight of nine. Uh, both of his past two wins have come via finish. He's regional champ, three inches taller than Sopai, minus 115. 
I will gladly take minus 115 on a guy fighting a guy on, on their debut on super short notice, especially a guy like Lock Dog, who's got the uh, immense power that he does. So uh, give me Oliveira. Tell, tell the people some stuff about Sopai before uh, maybe you make your pick. I'm yeah, sure I'm, you know I'm, I'm going to first of all, so I will back you. I'm going to go Oliveira here too, but I am also going to caution people who are like, back the truck up to a guy who's negative 115 against the guy who's on a short notice debut. Because the thing about Sopai is he, he is legit. Like this guy has belonged in the UFC for a minute. I think uh, the, the best part of him is that his wrestling is really solid, uh, which when you're fighting a guy like Lockdog and you don't want to slug it out with him on the feet, because we saw you know, the highlight he put up on contender series is like, it, you, that's what you want to do. You want to wrestle him. You want to force him into a gritty fight and stuff like that. The reason why I'm still picking Oliveira after all of that is because in Sofi's fight, sometimes when somebody is aggressive, somebody does refuse to get off the front foot, does continue to move forward. Sopai seems a little bit reluctant to get into an exchange where he's the guy moving backwards uh and he he can't just dictate the pace or dictate the the range and stuff like that and Oliver doesn't let you dictate the range so i think he's going to have that here moving forward i will also caution you against just picking Oliveira blindly being like well sopai is taking this on wild short notice he had a fight booked for saturday already he was supposed to fight in a title fight in sweden now i guess you know obviously traveling halfway across the world and stuff like that is a problem, but he's also not necessarily dropping massive amounts of weight because he was already set to make the Bantam weight limit on Friday or on Saturday rather. So, uh, Oliveira is my pick here. I think he moves forward. I think he picks Sopai apart. I think he makes this a brawl and I think Sopai obliges him enough to make it a brawl. Um, I, I also just think Sopai doesn't get a chance to shoot a takedown because he's moving backwards too much here. So, uh, yeah, give me give me Lock Dog. Uh, but I will say, you know, I, I like him here. I like the number, but I would I'd say like don't go crazy here. Sopai has plenty of chops for a guy taking this on on significantly short notice. He obviously does, or the line wouldn't be where it's at. So, <clears throat> definitely. Don't go crazy, Gumby says. Don't go losing your head over our boy Lock Dog. Actually, steam the other line, and then Lock Dog can be an actual <laughs> lock, lock Dog here, please. All right, uh, we're going to middleweights now. Three five-minute rounds. Christian and Leroy Duncan versus Claudio Hibiero. Um, so we got a Brit versus a Brazilian fighter. We'll talk about the Brazilian first. Um, Hibiero. He's 11-4 with 11 knockouts. So we know how he likes to get things done. Uh, he's been knocked out twice, submitted once. He owes his rounds unless we pick him to win via knockout, then he does not. Uh, one and two in the UFC, lost win, loss over his last three. It, during his UFC career, he got knocked out in his last fight. One no contender series. Multiple major championships on his. Mantle. Correct. Get that shirt. Sportsgamepodcast.com slash store. Uh, used to fight at welterweight. Has outstruck his UFC and contender series points by 1.31 strikes per minute, which is good when you have power like he does. Better grappling stats than Duncan, plus 250. Duncan, CLD is his nickname. That's a reason to pick against him right there. His initials are his nickname. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> you, nine really and hate one. That? Is that really a thing that you're against here? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I'm not big on the initials. Okay, what about when it's four letters like Elizu Zaleski Dos Santos? Is that his easy, nickname? Easy DS. Yeah. No, I like I like that one because you can say easy. Easy sounds like easy. Like E A S Y. So I, I obliged. <laughs> but uh, DRV not a good nickname. Name. Hope that's nah. not your nickname. Nah, not JJF, not a good nickname. Um, JJ, I am called though by my father, but I, you can't uh you can't change what your father calls you, right? Nah, no, nah, I don't think so. Yep. Um, 
especially if it's old bear whisperer, you, you, whatever he calls you, you listen. Um, yeah. <laughs> especially if you're a bear, if you're a bear, you have to listen. There's no choice. All right. CLD. I'm not picking against him because of his nickname. Uh, who knows if I'm picking against him. You got to wait and wait and see. He's nine and one, seven knockouts, one submission, never been finishing a fight. So he owes us some finishes two and one in the UFC. He got a TKO win in his last fight. He was a cage warriors champion before this inch height, two inches of reach on Hibiero three years younger. So all that, bio stuff is in his favor uh better striking stats more active line strikes than hibiero and he's outstruck his ufc opponents by 0.38 strikes per minute minus 300 all right gumby i think you might have tipped your hand here but uh i if, did if you did someone i'm gonna talk someone talk I'm, me into it i'm agreeing with you i like hibiero here uh and i know some people kind of got behind christian leroy duncan after his last fight but uh, correct me if i'm wrong was his last fight dennis toy Leland? Um, uh, let, let me check. I, I, I just remember. <laughs> I do I remember you. You haven't been sold on him. I, I remember that that you haven't been a big fan of his since he's he's hit the UFC. I even were you even fan of him in, was, in Cage Warriors? No, even when he was on Cage Warriors, I want to yeah. say I picked against him uh, in his last fight on Cage Warriors before the UFC brought him over. Uh, and it, it's not that I think he's bad necessarily. I I just am not sold on. He looks hittable. Um, and, and when you start to get up into those weight classes, 85, 205, you know, obviously a heavyweight, but like 85 is kind of the beginning of heavyweight. If you want to be honest with it, like everybody from those weight classes up, that's when got, they start to suck. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, <laughs> thank, thank you for <laughs> putting it, what you're saying. Yeah. Thank you for putting it in terms that are, that are more, far more harsh and direct than I was saying, but yes, that's when people start to suck. And he's just like, <laughs> he's kind of too hittable. Right. And, and that's my biggest issue here against a guy like Claudio Hibiero because Hibiero only needs one. That dude hit so freaking hard and he put so much into every one of his punches. And I just think Christian Leroy Duncan is going to present him with one of those options. Um, and it, really, if you look at the books, the books agree with me on this one. If you look at Hibiero's, first of all, his, his you just said his money line is what, plus 250? You look at his knockout prop, it's only like plus 360. So you got a guy who's an underdog and you're only getting like an extra 100, 110 on him to get him by his specific finish, which means he's got that one path to finish, right? Like it's that one path to victory and it doesn't get steamed up by by going to that. So yeah, I'm going to say Claudio Hibiero here. If you want to get crazy and, and go knockout prop to get that extra bit, it's probably worth it because he ain't winning any other way. Speaking of crazy, yeah, I'm taking him as well. And he is he is a bit crazy. He's fun. Yeah. And I would say I'm gonna say this right here for in terms of crazy. If Jeff's in on somebody at plus two hundred <laughs> or better, you best believe that there's some value there. <laughs> well, I listened to this other podcast called Top Turtle, and that guy um picked Hibiero, and this is one of the fights I was kinda on the fence, and I was gonna go dunk and just you know stick with the uh, the massive favorite, but you know. That, that smart guy on Top Turtle took Hibiero and, you know, Hibiero's kind of fun and he's, you know, definitely there's a path to victory here. So, mm-hmm. and if I card this chalky, you know, we got to roll the dice once in a while, right? Got to so find some spots. You got to find a spot um, and this could be, this could be the spot because um, Hibiero definitely can crack. All right. Another good spot is Hall of Fame bets. You can win bigger by betting smarter this NBA season with Hall of Fame bets. The sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NBA and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame bets revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are not and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code 
SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching and start winning with Hall of Fame bets. All right. Um, did you tell your wife that uh, she got uh, mentioned and um, an episode got named after her? I didn't. Uh, no, I, should. I should. I think the fact yeah. that it was urine-based probably was <laughs> less honorable than she was hoping urine. for. Well, you don't have to tell her that. Uh, I guess she'll probably ask why. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, why were you All talking right. about me? It's, uh, exactly. just, oh, you, know. you had some You had some good urine takes. Yeah, you're, you're piss fetish. That's all we were talking about. Uh, are we going Zahabi Basharat next, I believe? Yeah, um, that's what go. it says on topology. This should be the main event, but no. Um, you know, the line for this fight is pretty crazy as well, but let's, let's jump into our, uh, we got the Canadian, I man, Zahabi, you'll hear him. He was on uh, Gumby's podcast again, typical Canadian, right? Yeah. He's a great dude. <laughs> he is a great dude. He's fighting a uh, Javid Bashrat, another podcast favorite, uh, from Afghanistan. Uh, but I think they grew up in Britain. Is that right? Sound right to you? Um, I, I know they train there for a little bit, but now yeah. they train out in California with, okay. uh, cool. Gilbert, Gilbert Melendez. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think they, uh, immigrated to, um, uh, Britain when they were, they were youth. Oh All yeah. Right. They were, lo- they were London shoot fighters, right? Like, right. That there you go. The, yeah. yeah. That was the gym they were See? at. That's right. You're I know right some things. I remember some things sometimes. All right. Let's tell you about Zahabi first. Maybe the nicest man in the business. He's 10 and two, six knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out once. Four and two in the UFC. He's won three straight fights, including knockout, a knockout in his last fight. 2012 pro MMA debut. I wish he would have fought more. That's what, 12 years? He's fought 12 times. Um, he's been outstruck in the UFC by 0.36 strikes per minute, plus 575. That number is pretty high for a guy coming off a knockout win. Uh, the Snow Leopard, Javid Basharat. The or the better of the Bashrat brothers, uh, 14-0 with one no contest, five knockouts, six submissions. He's been 3-0 with one no contest in the UFC. No contest was his last fight. I believe it was a eye poke. Is that right? That's correct. Yep. All right. One no on contender series, regional champion, uh, used to fight down at featherweight, inch height, inch reach, eight years younger than Zahabi. Zahabi is not as young as, as you may think. Um, he may be young in his career or a number of fights, but he's not very young, really. Better striking stats. More active landing strikes and better grappling stats than Sahabi. He's all struck his UFC and contender series points by 3.15 strikes per minute, minus 699. There's a funny number for you. I'll take Basharat. Don't like the line. I don't like picking against Sahabi either because he is a nice guy, but Basharat's just too well rounded and really is not shown any weaknesses at this point. So um, I may, you know, may regret it because, you know, uh, Zahabi does have that power in him, but. Um, you know, Basharat's just on a roll, more active and, like I said, too well-rounded and young yeah. at this point. So he's a pick. I, I don't love the line. Yet. What did you say his number was? Six ninety-nine. Six ninety-nine. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't necessarily love that line on Basharat either. But I, I will say this: if you're if you're trying to get tempted on Zahabi, you, you got to think about what his past to victory are here. And, and so far, the thing he's really become and, and has been really impressive about him, and he even said it in his interview with me, is like, hey, maybe I'm the next Bantamweight with hands. Maybe I'm yeah. the next Bantamweight who sleeps people. And, and he kind of has been that. And, and been so in a very impressive fashion. But the thing about Javid Basharat, and actually even Fareed Basharat for that matter, uh, who I I constantly talk about as being the lesser Basharat brother, but both He's of the Basharat, yeah, both Basharat brothers do an exceptional job of making themselves safe. Um, part of the reason why you know Javid is kind of 
maybe been hated on and maybe wound up with a few more decisions than people might like is because he's not risky. He's the opposite of risky. Um, if he knows he's got a massive ground advantage, he takes you down. If he thinks he can pick you apart from range, he picks you apart from range. If he thinks you suck in the clinch, he puts you in the clinch. And like, he just fights from the smartest place all the time. And he knows how to force you to that place too, uh, which I think is his advantage in this fight. It's not that I don't think Ayman Zahabi can stand and trade with him. It's not that I don't think Ayman Zahabi's jujitsu is good and can, can go back and forth with him. I just think wherever he wants to be, Javid Basharat will be. Javid Basharat can put him in a place that he doesn't, that Ayman Zahabi doesn't want to be in. And for that reason, yeah, I think I'm going to side with, with Basharat here. Yeah. If he doesn't like how it's going on the feed, he'll go on the ground or vice versa. So, you know, he's, uh, like I said, hasn't shown any holes yet, but this is, this is a good test for him, uh, in his career. Um, I just wish Zahabi could have, uh, fought something different, but anyhow. All right. We're moving on up in weight and on the fight card. Um, and in the odds, and in the odds, and, and the odds. Yep, lightweight. This is one. This is the one that they came in down uh, a little bit, <laughs> but it's still minus eight hundred. Ludovic Klein uh, from Slovakia, I believe. Yes, uh, Slovak Republic actually um, versus AJ Cunningham from the United States of America. Three five minute rounds. Uh, I'll tell you about the savage first. AJ Cunningham eleven and three, four knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out once. Short notice debut. The alarm bells should be ringing in your brains right now. Four and one. Over his last five, including winning via TKO in his last fight. Uh, the one loss came on the contender series. I don't even remember him from that. So I guess he's pretty memorable. Who do you lose to, Gumby? Um, was it uh, Stephen Wynn? Was it Stephen Wynn? Yeah, I think so. Yes, I remember seeing his name. So yeah, we'll, we'll go yeah, with that. Uh, used to fight at Featherweight, regional champion, three inches taller than Klein, twice more active. That's based off of one fight, uh, active lining strikes. Uh, he got outstruck in that fight by 3.75 strikes per minute. That will get you a loss almost every time. Plus 575. Mr. Highlight, Ludovic Klein, 24 and 1, eight knockouts, eight submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted twice. Four, two and one in the UFC, three, oh, and one over his last four. He's really turned things around after losing his first two. Uh, that includes winning his last fight. Uh, he's fight at featherweight as well. Missed at featherweight before, so now he's lightweight. 2014 Pro on May debut, an inch of reach over Cunningham. Better grappling stats uh, based off of Cunningham's one fight. And Klein's been outstruck in the UFC by 0.04 strikes per minute. So that's pretty much a push there. Minus 800. It was minus 875 on Monday. So if, coming, if we're picking coming, Klein, coming it's, right it's at now. least moved. <laughs> it's coming. I take it we're both picking Klein, right? Yeah, is it my turn? Yeah, I'm, I'm going yeah. a little bit Klein. And for people who are like, you know, AJ Cunningham's a decent grappler, I do think that's true. Um, you know, if you, you're looking for paths to victory for him, I guess he's kind of got that there. But the thing about Ludovic Klein is he's actually shown pretty to be a pretty good wrestler, both offensively and defensively as of late. And if you watch that AJ Cunningham fight with, it was Stephen Wynn. I put the intern on it. Uh, I'm, I'm now remembering the thing about that fight that bothered me so much about AJ Cunningham moving forward is that Stephen Wynn threw this like, hook that came up over AJ Cunningham's guard shoulder and just kept tagging him in the side of the head over and over and over and over and over again. And if you keep getting tagged by Steven Wynn and I like Steven Wynn, glad he's made it to the UFC after three shots on contender series. If you keep getting tagged by Steven Wynn on the feet and Steven Wynn's crafty enough to put it on you, Ludovic Klein is definitely crafty enough to put it on you. This guy's much faster. He, he's got a little bit more nuance, maybe a little bit less pressure than somebody like Wynn, but like, 
you know, Klein is just kind of, you know, a more devastating striker in those regards. And Cunningham, this is a true short notice fight. This isn't like the Sopai one where he was already in camp and cutting weight for something already. This is just like, hey, this is my opportunity. I got to go get it. And it's not a great opportunity. I mean, no. you know, I guess getting into the UFC is always a good opportunity, but not a great spot here for Cunningham. So I'm, I like Klein as well. Basically, he's guaranteeing himself two fights uh, in the UFC. But yeah, um, first one probably won't won't uh, go his way. Yeah, Klein's got to be the pick. He's just so well-rounded and dangerous everywhere. Um, not the type of guy you just... And, and he's... I'm glad they kept him around because he's, he's really uh, starting to live up to... Uh, not just his nickname, but but his potential. It's sort of like uh, a it's sort of like a Roman Kopylov comeback, right? Is like yeah. he, he looked like hell True. his first fight and first couple of fights, and now he's he really rounded out to be a hell of a lightweight. Yep. So Klein is our pick. Um sorry, Mr. Cunningham. All right, main event of the prelims. Oh boy, this should be the main event of the main card, as Gumby said. It's a middleweight fight, and this is as middleweight as it gets in 2024. Eric Anders versus Jamie Pickett. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. We have to pick one of these people to win, Gumby. Um, all right. The Night Wolf, Jamie Pickett, 13 and 10 with nine knockouts. He's been knocked out twice, submitted four times. Two and six in the UFC. He's lost four straight fights. Why is he still in the UFC, Gumby? I mean, I don't know. Did you see Nali Ang just got another fight? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was surprised that she was around too still. I, but no, I four straight losses. Like, no one lasts four straight <laughs> losses. Why is he still around? What the heck's going on? It doesn't make sense, really, sometimes. I Do mean, one guy does. Daniel, Daniel Lacerda. Daniel Lacerda yeah. survives everything, so, yeah. He hasn't been cut yet. <laughs> as of as of this recording, he's still a UFC uh, yeah. fighter. All right, so Klein is not one since January 2022. What? That can't be right. Has he fought that many times in the past two years? Maybe. Uh, one and two in the Contender Series. So, like, they definitely have something with this guy, eh? They gave him three shots of contender series too. Wow. Yeah. Usually, usually I could point to it being like a manager they really love. Yeah. Uh, so, sometimes it's that, but I would say he he's represented by a manager who has like, they have like three or four people in the UFC, but not like a billion, you know, like they, they yeah. got, they got a couple. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure people have jokes in the discord as to why he's still in the UFC, but uh regional champion used to fight at light heavyweight. 2011 Pro MMA debut, debut, debut. Lucky the episode's almost over because words are getting jumbled. Uh, an inch of height, five inches reach over Anders, a year younger. He's been all struck on in the UFC and the Contender Series by 1.08 strikes per minute, plus 370. So yeah, so his combined Contender Series and UFC record three and eight. Um, all right, yeah, boy, Eric Anders. They kept him around for the nickname. He's 15 and eight with one no contest, nine knockouts, one submission. Been knocked out once, submitted once. So very durable man. Seven and eight with one no contest in the UFC. One and three over his last four, including losing his last fight. You, this is another guy you'd be like, eh, why is he still in the UFC? Um, you fight at light heavyweight as well. Regional champ, one no in Bellator. More active landing strikes than Pickett. Better grappling stats than Pickett. He's been outstruck over his UFC career by 0.83 strikes per minute. Minus 426. Yeah, I'll go with Anders because he's the least bad of the two uh at this point in their careers but yeah it's this isn't a good fight so remember i told you at the beginning of the show where i was like there's two fights where i'm like i don't feel confident enough to bet the guy is a massive favorite but i almost can't get in on the dog and so i i hadn't made a pick before this show started but i think oh. i'm just gonna take jamie pickett here <laughs> um he's howl for the not, night wolf he's not good 
No. But also, Eric Anders isn't good. Um, Not at this point, no. And no. at plus 370, does he have a 4-1 to one chance at winning this fight? I, sure. I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean, I think so, right? Like, he, if you ran this fight four times, would Jamie Pickett win it once? I kind of think so. And so, like, the return on investment there makes sense. Um, again, I, I don't. I don't advocate putting any uh, <laughs> of real stock into what happens in this fight. Cause it's going to be truly awful. Um, but I will say this, Jamie Pickett is a big body. If nothing else, he's a big body. And so if we're looking <laughs> for a path to victory against Eric Anders, Eric Anders has not aged. Well, we've seen as his fights have gone on and on, right? Like that loss, it was a loss to Mark Andre Barrio, right? That I'm thinking of. Marc-Andre Perio, great cardio, knows how to wear on you. That's kind of always what he's done well. And that's yeah. what he did to Eric Anders. I could see Jamie Pickett following something resembling that game plan. Not as well as Marc-Andre Perio. He's 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 no Marc-Andre Perio. He's but, no Marc-Andre <laughs> But given the fact that I think like he's got a big frame, he, he at least did good work against Ugly Man Joe up against the cage, which is obviously a win that didn't age particularly no. well. But he knows how to throw his weight around it. I think if he did that to Eric Anders early, wore him out, I think you could see some late, you know, some late success for Jamie Pickett. And with that, I think he's worth plus 370. So this is one of the ones I wasn't quite sure about whether or not I was pulling the trigger. And here I am. Give me Jamie Pickett. Oh, man. <laughs> Gumby. How Gumby's going to need a shower off after this episode. Um, I feel just gross. <laughs> all right. Let's recap. So Gumby can jump in a cool shower here. Um, I got Anders. He has Pickett. We both have Klein. Both have Basharat. We both have Hibiero. We both have Oliveira. We both have Al Sawadi. I think he just wanted to be different than me uh, on one fight because he's, he's a rebel that way. <laughs> And boy, he, he he picked a doozy too. Um, feel good. All right. <laughs> Hopefully, you all feel good about this episode, though. It was a good episode, regardless. Um, hey, we got to work. We we, we uh, made lemonade out of lemons or something like that. Um, we make lots of fun stuff in the Discord, not just lemonade. We're at uh, sportsgamingpodcast.com/slash Discord. Get in there, chat with us and the boys. Only boys. Girls are allowed, but as of now, only boys. Um, where else can you catch us? Obviously, YouTube. Thank you, everyone, for continuing to subscribe and like our stuff and comment on our stuff on YouTube. Obviously, just search MMAGamblingPodcast.com, uh, not .com, MMAGamblingPodcast on YouTube, or search How to Make Cocaine, or search um, Canned Tuna Recipes, and or search Grandma Videos, and all that should bring you to us. Um, where else? Twitter. You probably don't want to search any of that stuff on Twitter, but we're at SGPN MMA. He's at Gumby Vreeland. I'm at Jeff Fox writer there. And on Instagram, you can check out my sub stack. No pick for this week. I forgot there's like five UFC events this month. So I'm only running pick them for the four, but I have all my articles and everything else up at moneymma.substack.com. We told you all about Top Turtle MMA podcast. Get in there. Gumby's got three guests this week. R- recap who you got, Gumby. Uh, I got Ayman Zahabi, uh, who's getting ready to fight Bashar out. We got Abdul Karim Al-Sawadi. And then to go into the world of 1FC, we got Arjun Bowler. There you go. Canadian. Canadian. Not Canadian. Uh, you're interviewing. All right. Um, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Slash Patreon. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Slash store. That's all you need to know. We'll be back tomorrow. The Tajik Tank. Jeff Fox will be there. Mr. Highlight Gumby Reeland will be riding a shotgun. And we will break down the main card. But 